As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. This is a special one. My dear friend Caduce has now created Ally Now. This is kind of the conversation I've been waiting to have for quite some time. Caduce, uh, welcome to the show. It is so nice to speak to you again. Mm, so great connecting with you. You're like a warm hug. Every time I hear your voice, I'm like, oh, that's like a bath with Epsom salt, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, bless you. We met, I don't know, it has to be at least eight or nine years ago now at Summit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I remember being so enchanted in your yoga class. I was like, who is this woman, this mystical woman, mm. reading these amazing poems and ideas? And it was such a rich class. And I remember feeling so much better on the other side of it. So I was really grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really grateful for what you're creating here. I found Ally Now on Instagram. If you're listening to this, go to Instagram and put in A L L Y N O W, Ally Now. And take a look at the vibe. Here is a boy who's really a man, but I love calling you a boy. Who, because to me, you're like, I met you and my son was little and you and I took a car ride, I think, together. That's right. And I felt like I was taking care of you in the best possible way. <laughs> like a big yeah, sister. I remember. I remember you were taking good care because I was going through a pretty big transition. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> big transition. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it right there. We can talk more um, about it, of course, on this podcast. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we will. Let's see. Um, but what I what I want to praise you for is the the positivity mm. and the forward momentum that your art and curation is creating, mm. even on Instagram. Mm. Yes, it's very sweet to hear that. Yeah, we've been doing a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot so to hear that. Very validating. Very, very helpful to hear that having that kind of impact. So my listener, go ahead and pick up your phone or your computer and go to caduce.co, Q-U-D-D-U-S.co. Hmm. Take a look at this boy. Um, his face is, first of all, the picture on the front of your website is you at the, um, what's the festival called with all the well, colors? Holy festival. Holy, of course. Indian tradition. Beautiful, beautiful celebration. Oh my goodness. What a great photo for the front of your website. I can barely handle it. It's so creative. <laughs> you are, as the founder of Ally Now, you're also, and then of course there's a baby picture of you on the front of About Q, which I just died a thousand deaths. Look at your face. <laughs> Lil, Lil Q is having a good day that day. <laughs> Lil Q, I just want to eat your cheeks. What are you doing <laughs> with your little juice in front of you? Oh, uh, you look like Jonah with the curl. 
Oh, that's yeah, yeah. The hat turned back and everything. Totally. Listener, go to about Q on the on the Caduce page. You'll die. Um, But don't play the video yet. You're listening. He's the founder of Ally Now. He's the coach of Breakthrough, which I'm definitely going to ask you about. And you're the host of the upcoming podcast for the culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. What song? What track is that from? For the culture. I mean, it's so synonymous, right? It's, it feels like it's part of every hip hop song I've ever heard. It's really that. Oh, that, what, that what song that. am I thinking of? Mm, gosh, oh, it must like be a, from the 90s, maybe a Trap Called Quest album, something like that. It's got to be. It's got yeah. It's There's something slow in my ear, and I'm like down in a club on Bleecker Street in the basement. <laughs> I love it. All those New I York are so classic. Oh, God. I, miss, I was just thinking about the parties we had back in the day. I remember meeting Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest in a club. And it was one of the best moments of the beginning of my career at MTV because yeah. all of a sudden I'm getting into these incredible parties. And there I am with Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest. Yes. He's my hero. And I'm like, dude, dude, I just started at MTV. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your advice. I looked at him like, you know, Luke Skywalker must have looked at Yoda and Star totally. Wars. Right? I was totally. looking at him like, teach me your ways. And he goes, man, the best thing I can tell you is no matter how casual you think a choice is, when your wardrobe department wants to put this outfit on you, just know your integrity is always at stake. And the more you compromise the things that you really want, then you're going to chip away at this armor until you're a shell of yourself. That's what he said to me in this nightclub in New York City. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That's some of the finest wisdom ever. Truly. Of ever. Yeah. No choice is casual. Oh my goodness. I mean, that grief. level of intentionality, I mean, it makes sense because every time I saw a Q-tip, he's radiated this power, this majesty, this regal quality while he was rapping his ass off. I said, yes. what the hell is he on? that I need to be on and it's integrity. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh my God. That was just the bet. Like we could totally stop now, but we're not going to, we're definitely not going to. We got a lot of stories where that comes from. (laughs) Ally now was started in response to George Floyd's murder. Um, and it's about turning cancel culture into compassion culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My listener pretty much knows my stance on most things. I'm not one to invoke conspiracy theories, definitely not. I am one to try and bring all the sides together. Even if I don't agree, I'll bring all the sides together and be like, y'all, let's just find where we coincide. Yes. Let's do this. Building bridges. That's the first post you put up or something on Instagram. I went down, I went down deep. I love it. I love that you did yeah. your research. Yeah, that was the moment where I said, this is this is enough. We need to change. We need to change the culture. Yes. And I feel very strongly that it's important to tell my listener that they can attend a live recording of your new podcast for the culture. Yeah. Every th- Is that still going on? Yeah, every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, we gather on Zoom. We have group therapy moments. We have group coaching moments. We have guests, speakers, amazing, amazing community. So it's really great connecting about this stuff and navigating it together. Otherwise, 
it can feel very siloed in our little quarantine in the COVID yes. era, you know? So yes. we really want to gather people and give people a place that feels safe, that feels loving, where we can start to connect some of these dots together, you know? And this came after you created your coaching program, which is called Breakthrough. And I wanted to hear a little bit about that because I, I, after hearing your history at MTV, which actually we need to address first before we talk about that. Um, MTV. Yeah. Was that your first job out of school? Tell us about that. How, you know, what happened? <laughs> that would be really, really mind blowing out of school. But now I had a couple jobs and I mm. was VJ search, much music, which is the MTV of Canada had a VJ search back mm. in 2000. And I remember I was a DJ at the time on a campus radio show called Breakdown, actually. <laughs> so now I'm doing Breakthrough, full circle. But yeah, back in the day, I was DJing and it was a small radio show. And we played primarily hip hop, like Drop Call Quest and Nas and Biggie and all my favorites from back then. It was basically me and like a few of my friends listening. You know? <laughs> of course, Biggie was my favorite. I can't. So good. I can't even. So I, can't. I mean, how good is Juicy? It was all a, a dream. grief. I oh. used to read. I, I All I know is that I know every word to every song. They're all in the hard drive. And I don't want to. It's hard yeah. for me now because now that I've now that I've learned the history of black culture, capital B, and I understand what I was singing. Mm. Yeah. I, and brought to tears many times when I, when I, even Jay-Z's and Beyonce's song, um, fairly new. I mean, in the last few years where they're talking mm -hmm. about fuck false arrest. Yep. Yep. What song is that? Gosh, it's off the 444 album, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All I know is when I listened to that most recently, I was just repotting plants. I had this song in my ears. My kid was in school in his room and I was just like jamming. And all of a sudden I finally listened to the words and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. Now I understand. Like, yep. Yep. wow. Anyway, back to where we were. Oof. I back mean, it's so, we I'm, so, I'm so glad that you're going there. I'm no. so glad, you know, some people nowadays, it feels like are cooling off a little bit from the caring that we saw so much of. Like when Brother George died, man, it was, it felt different. It was, it hit different. You know, people were talking about it and loving each other. And of course, then the rioting, <laughs> that happened, right? And then of course, there was a different kind of narrative. And so yeah, yeah, there we were back in the trenches of our humanity and we navigated as we could. But I'm so glad that you're bringing the emotion to the table because really that's what puts anything into motion. It's like, you know, if I think about what got me in the door at MTV, it was that I allowed my emotion, you know, so like, Mm -hmm. To hear your voice quiver just now did my heart good. So thank you, mm -hmm. Karen. I, I'm really upset, actually, that I have so many really, you know, fairly intelligent friends who are now holding on to this rioting word. Mm -hmm. Like it's some kind of flag. Yeah. And well, um, I'm, re I'm sad about this every day. It makes me yeah. sad every day. Yeah. Every day. Like this is not, that's not... It's like talking about how some sort of semantics or how you're saying something versus what's being said. Like, we're yeah. not dealing with that. We're dealing with what caused that. Yep, 100%. Can't we just stay on topic? Yep, it's, it's a lot of chaos. You know, the 
decentralization of media has its pros and it's got its cons. And everybody seems to have a megaphone and want to have an opinion before it's really informed. And as their emotions are running these triggers in them and it skews our ability to perceive reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I want to go back to when you started, started at MTV, you were selected as a VJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And- so, yeah. yeah. So I was telling you about this much music VJ search, and that was like my first shot at anything really that big. And I ended up being a runner up. And I'll never forget the cutaway. You know, when I got to kill somebody for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, they, there was a lot of uh, controversy about what Canada's vote was versus what the executives in the corner office had to say about the decision because. Apparently, in the poll, I actually uh, had more votes from the Canadian audience, and yet the executives, for whatever reason, chose this guy, Bradford Howe. And so obviously, there's a lot to read into there. We won't go there. That's all speculative. But what I will say is that- I'm still annoyed already. I'm annoyed. uh, I mean, it it is what it is, you know, and this is what we're all seeing now that could have been potentially- some form of of racism at play. Anyway, the fact is I I knew in that moment of loss that there was something else anyway. I was like, ooh, there's something there for Mm -hmm. sure. The loss was, was, was hurt, it was pain, it was disappointment, it was a bit of embarrassment. I was the guy that almost won the VJ search, right? I go back to my hometown, look at my wounds a little bit, you know, first loser, right? And so, Anyway, it was a powerful lesson, though, in trusting intuition, because there was something nudging me along and saying, no, 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 you think that's good? Uh Uh-uh, we got something bigger for you. So it's been it's been amazing. I mean, to see how it played out. I mean, my my career launched with a really small show called Vox, which is Latin voice. And it's really young. 60 minutes is the best way I could put it. We were the voice of of and. And so it was a really amazing show to start with and, and get my bearings, you know, really understand how to write story and, and, mm. and relate and really connect dots. And all of it was amazing. I mean, I remember being painfully insecure, thinking I wasn't worthy. I hadn't gone to broadcasting school. I hadn't done enough, right? This, this enough conversation I think a lot of us have internally. I definitely had one real, real loud. Ooh, and it was really, I mean, I'll paint a scene for you. We were in an alleyway in downtown Toronto, and it was a very simple segment. It was a segment to introduce this piece, this you know, segment that we had produced. So it was the segment of me introducing the segment we had produced about something. And it wasn't really even a loaded subject. It was actually a pretty simple introduction to the segment, right? So you can imagine me, I'm what, so young. I was 19 years old at the time. And mm. I'm in front of this camera guy and this producer, her name's Maria Ferrano, and she is a saint to this day. I, I will kiss that woman's feet. She is a saint. Because she stood there as I stammered through <laughs> so many takes. I, have you ever felt so incapable that you literally forgot how to function as a human being? Have you ever had that feeling? Yes, sir. Oh my God. It was It privileged. happens at least once a day. Thank God for yoga. Thank God for breathing deeper. Thank God for all of it. Oh, all the tools. And so at that moment, I had no tools, but I did have Maria off to the side of the camera looking at me with all that sainthood shining through. And she gave me grace. 
she gave me grace. You know, and I think wow. that is something when I think about the grace that people like Maria have shown me over the years, and and people are struggling now dealing with this allyship conversation. Man, I'm just like, yo, I get it, I get it. You know, we're all a little broken, actually. You know, well, we really square off with it. We've we've all had some bruises along the way. Now, does that mean we identify as broken? Hell no. You know, we're resilient, all of us. But it's just in that healing process that we get to really define who we are, you know, and, and we get to stand on the right side of history or not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think there is a level of brokenness. And I feel like if, oh, my listener knows this already, but if you're white and you're paying even the merest amount of attention, you now know how very broken your education was you now know how very little you actually learned of the truth of the suffering that mm. went on in the last several hundred years and you also know how weirdly powerless it can feel sometimes when you earnestly want to do something as the right thing as the good thing as the fair thing yeah. and somehow I'm going to curse. Some motherfucker comes tearing you down for, for doing what you feel like is right. Jeez. And I'm not talking about in the black community. I'm talking about the white community. Yep. I get it. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. We can go there. Anyway. Can go there. I mean, listen, I, I've been no holes barred in this conversation. My gloves have been off. I've been important. on some brave heart shit with this because we're in a moment. We are in a moment. You know, oh, I think man. about America and I think about the rock bottom that we're in now the beauty of rock bottom is you go to aa you get some therapy mm. Mm. that's right my hope is that in conversations like this we're providing people with that safe space just to listen and hear like how the healing is actually happening in real time yep Woo. it's it's really amazing because that's the beauty of things like this podcast is to have conversations that can actually function as healing moments yep. for all of us to be able to you know, sit around the fire and talk about this. Like, this is what a podcast is ideally, right? Like we're sitting around That's the right. fire right now. Like, yo, this is happening over here. What's going on with you? Oh, fuck. Yep. 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 So after that, Vox happened. Mm -hmm. I don't want to like cut too far, but you accomplished so much. Well, like, thank you. I'm looking at the, the coaching page listener. If you're, if you're still with me and you can get back online go to the coaching page on caduce.co, Q-U-D-D-U-S.co. Take a look at all the folks he's coached. <laughs> I can't get over it. Lewis Howes. I mm. mean, Amber Ray, the most beautiful. I love that girl. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle, D Daniel DiPiazza, Jesse yeah. Israel. <laughs> Those are my people. These my are your people. Like, mm. these are badasses. Mm, truly. And you... You have, to quote Daniel, you've elegantly assisted in helping him help himself. That's the mm. true mark of a master coach. Mm. That's what's up. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm about to, oh, wow. I'm literally brought to tears. You should be. You should be. Look at you. Look what you did. Look what you, <laughs> did. you helped Jesse Israel. Jesse's one of my favorite humans. He's like my long lost brother. I don't speak with him nearly enough, but boy, do I love that kid. And Lewis House, like Lewis House, he built the school of greatness. Yeah. And you yeah. were his coach, bro. Like, yeah. that's a big deal. 
would <laughs> love to sort of pick your brain about how oh. how inspiring it's been for you to work with folks like this and just give them even the slightest like I'm, I have my two hands up like I'm making guardrails. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just give them yeah. the slightest little guardrail and then boom. Yeah. They launch. I mean, when we talk about Lewis, his story is really such a testament to why I thought this breakthrough program would be helpful for people. Because I looked at what Lewis was doing at the time. It was great. He was just named one of the top 100 entrepreneurs by the Obama administration. So this man is already flying so high in his dream life. And then he went through a breakup and that's when we connected and he got to sharing about his breakup. And I got to listening deeply and thinking, you know what, maybe this workshop that I just did would help you. So I invited him to the workshop and it was a really powerful experience. And it's so confidential, the, the process it's very sacred, really. And getting to steward and support his process, it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen because he took it on like a champion. I mean, he was like Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like dynasty level intensity yeah. and concentration and everything was intentional. Flying, literally flying across the court from the three-point line to the net. Yep, yep. He was a sight, you know, I was like bearing witness to greatness and I was so honored and humbled to be a part of it in whatever way I got to be a part of it. So, so Lewis was really like the benchmark for what I started to understand as the modern day hero's journey. You know, mm -hmm. talk about Joseph Campbell, right? And, mm -hmm. and that hero's journey, it, it required a humbling, it required a, a vulnerability, it required what Lewis did when he shared about how he was molested as a child hmm. and it, it blew open the doors between us online right like so i'm imagining mm -hmm. his audience all of a sudden seeing a fully fully expressed human being in all of the humanity that we all have and it creates a different connection and then it's a different conversation you know and that's where that's where i saw you know what okay if i can support other people to have this journey without some of the pain I went through in figuring out what my hero's journey has been, I'm still in the process. And so that's really what it's amounting to now is like this real desire to support. You know how it is. I mean, as you discovered yoga and you got the benefits of yoga, it became something that you felt called. Like it was not even a question. It was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is a yes. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. It felt good to lean into it and, and honor that and, and be the bridge for other people too. You know, had some great mentorship, nothing like mentorship in this day and age. Favorite mentor? I mean, let me not say favorite. Most yeah. impactful that you, that comes up right in this second, even though that might not be the actual truth. The most impactful for you right now. Oh, wow. This is a heartbreaking one because we actually had a bit of a falling out recently. Wow. So I'll just go ahead and honor who he really was to me. And despite this falling out, I still think of him as my Yoda. This man mm. poured a lot into me when I was developing, you know, when I come out of some leadership trainings and gotten basically invited by him to do 
a facilitator and training program. That was a really incredible six month journey. And then I ended up doing another year long training to be a facilitator with another mentor. And they had a bit of static between them. And so it was really interesting to like get into the trenches of developing how to facilitate self-development and notice that we're all still human. You know, we're, we're all still walking with our two feet on the ground, not levitating yet. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. You know, very humbling moments along the way. And, and um, gosh, what he taught me was consistency. Like he showed up consistently, hmm. very, very intense. You know, he's the type of guy that facilitates leadership trainings three weeks out of the month on the road, delivering, facilitating breakthroughs of the highest degree for people, right? So he's full on. <laughs> he's a, a walking Jedi, you know? Wow. And, and he, he poured a lot into me. You know, he looked at me as his protege and wanted to partner with me and all of it. And it was, it was a deeply honoring thing. And I still was in the question of whether it was mine to do or whether it was his vision more than mine. And so it's that whole part of being in relationship with people, right? It's like projections and to the degree that we buy into the projection, then maybe we're in an alternate reality that we don't want to be in, you know, when push comes to shove. So mm. I ended up weaning off of the, the teat of sw sweet trainings and coaching and all of that stuff that in a sense kind of bubbled me a little bit from reality. And then I decided it was time to pop out. And, and that was where we fell out because Michael wanted to continue our working relationship. And um, I mean, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I want, I want to have a partnership uh, potentially in self-development, but that just wasn't it. It wasn't the fit. So oh, it's a lot, it's a lot to share because I'm processing in real time. Like this is actually a really live thing for me. So thank you for listening so deeply. You know, I feel like, there comes a time as a, as a mentor of other people, there does come a time <clears throat> where planning for my own obsolescence is actually the wisdom. Mm. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Tell yeah. me more about that because <laughs> the way I see it, I mean, that's, that's mastery. Look, we're all going to die. <laughs> and if, if, your mentor <clears throat> can't hang with the fact that it's time for you to move on, then, I mean, lest I be presumptuous, but that's like points to a fear of death. Mm. I feel like if a person I'm mentoring is ready to move on, I probably will know it before they will, but blessings, mm -hmm. you know, as they do in Turkey, like throw the water after the the departure like flow freely mm -hmm. yeah that's how i look at it yeah i think it's it's interesting because to invest in someone and to have expectations around that that we discussed i mean when i look at the guts of it right i get what you're saying it's like absolutely yes and i really really always work on seeing it from his perspective i think about it almost every day there's mm -hmm. not a day that goes by that i'm not a little sad because he wasn't just a mentor to me. He was a friend, you know, and a brother. And we went through quite a bit together. And, you know, he, uh, gosh, I mean, he and I literally were in the trenches of leading 
training, facilitating, coaching these programs that supported people like Lewis Howes to build the School of Greatness. People like Preston Smiles, another incredible mm -hmm. badass. And so yeah. we journeyed together. We, we you know, did some tours of, of really digging deep with people. And you know, it's one thing to have a coaching program, but it's also a thing to like fly out to his hometown for his 50th birthday party, you know? And so there's like layers that I'm still unpacking. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just really grateful for podcasting right now because this conversation feels mm -hmm. like the kind of therapy I've needed for months, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, we can talk after this. There's no, no stopping us from that. I just feel like, you know, <clears throat> when it's time to let something go, the mastery of what you spoke is just being very willing to let it go when it's run its course. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yep. I'll, I'll definitely tell some that. <laughs> I'll tell some conclusion to that later. <laughs> I mean, truly, I'm just, I'm just blown away at the healing properties of human connection. Like just this conversation, just you yes. and I being present yes. with each other, right? And whoever's listening, right? Cheers to like being Cheers. present and, and doing what we're here to do. But now, gosh, the technology is so tempting all the time. I know. I know. Oh. Look, the bottom line is, you just showed up in a really cool way. You said what you needed to say without disparaging him or denigrating your relation in any way. You held the space real nice, mm. <laughs> really nicely. And you created an opportunity to honor this person rather than um, focus on the, the recent whatever, negativity or anything ill will related. Mm. And that is where I'm going to start highlighting who you are and what you're becoming. Mm. Breakthrough is your coaching program. And I want to talk about it. I want my listener to understand what it is. Mm. I want more of us to be um, exposed to teachers of color. Mm. My white listener, my listeners predominantly white. I have no, you know, that's just what's up. Yeah. Um, and I want to I want to make sure that this is well fleshed out for us here. So sure. talk to us about what this is, how it mm -hmm. came about, when it's starting again, and when it's starting the time after that, just in case this launches, this podcast gets released after it's already begun. Yeah, so it's it's been a journey. It's been a real journey. And it feels like the work of a lifetime putting together this program and it, it truly feels like it's the mixtape of all of my greatest mentors, all of their greatest exercises, all of the greatest tools, all of the greatest philosophies, all of, you know, all of that. I decided I literally treat it like I used to treat all the greatest songs of the 90s and I'd put it together at a mixtape. That's how I started as a DJ. And the same thing holds true as a facilitator. I just look at all this wealth of wisdom and incredible processes and experiential journeys for people that mm -hmm. will create a quantum leap in who they are in the world. And I've gotten to experience that as a receiver. And I was like, oh God, this, this is too good. This is too good. I need to share this. And so I went about, you know, apprenticing for years and really taking it seriously and, and learning the craft of coaching. Cause I think there's a lot of, of business coaching that I see. I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, what about the craft though? You know? And so, 
I basically decided I'm going to take some time and really take what's been so intuitive in a lot of ways, like patchworking all of these different processes together to this mixtape, but really take some time to put together a framework that makes it really simple. It's like a map, you know, when we have a map, it's easier to get from point A to point B. And so uh, I've come up with something called the Breakthrough Blueprint, which is essentially a four-step process that takes us through what we need to create our next breakthrough, whatever it is. It's amazing how it's like sometimes, you know, the things that are universal, you know, when you put on some drums, you know, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of human beings that aren't going to bob their head to it. You know, it's kind of the mm -hmm. same with this framework where basically I've applied it to a couple different programs that I've led, whether it's camera ready when I was doing that with my now ex-wife and ex-facilitator, <laughs> X all the things. And so that, that was like a really dynamic learning of, of that in a context of media training, right? On the surface level, Camera Ready was a media training. We worked from the inside out with people to really find their true voice, you know, and to really own their story. And so that was one iteration of this framework. So that just gives you a little bit of a backstory on it and how yeah. we found it incredibly effective. And so I'll take you through the steps if you want. Uh, right I'd now, love to, I would love to go through it. I know my listener would. Um, and I love how the realest larger offerings always stem from a very intimate first foray, I feel. Mm -hmm. Well, it definitely was the case because we were yeah. very intimate. We were very intentional about who we invited. So people like Jesse Israel were in the room and oh, wow. it was a really unique group of people. I mean, I felt like I don't know if you're into movies like X-Men, but it kind of felt sure. like the school for the gifted. I looked around. Yes. Myself. Whoever else was in the training was Amber and all of mm. all of the brilliant souls that trusted us as facilitators of their of their breakthroughs and, and, and being on camera. And it was really, really special. And so that was that was where I really cut my teeth as a facilitator and and realize this framework. So I'm really excited to share it because it's something that's so simple, right? Like, again, it's a mixtape, you know, it's really a distillation, a, a simplification of things that have been around, you know, so I'm just the DJ here. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, so step one, step one is taking inventory. Because for any given breakthrough or thinking about having, right, like whether it's you know, maybe it's it's you that's on the verge of a divorce, right? And you got to really take inventory before making the choice that's really good for you. You know, it's like looking around and saying, okay, before I go off of feeling, you know, what I think is my intuition or some advice I just got, I'm going to really check in. I'm going to do the in, internal inventory. I'm also going to do the external inventory. I'm going to make it a scientific. I'm going to make this spiritual. I'm going to look at all of it because then I'll have no regrets, no regrets, you know? So that's that inventory. So that's step one. You with me? Totally. Okay. The, the fact of, the fact of no, um, no regrets is actually one of the main premises on which I work and teach mm -hmm. because there's no, there was no mistake. You know, you didn't get the VJ job, you got Vox and you went from there to do this. Like this might not have happened had you gotten that stupid VJ job. By the way, we still got to get to how I actually got my job at MTV. Maybe that, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, weave it in. I'll weave it in. Here we go, I'll weave it in. So, it so, in. so let's use it as an example. My inventory at that moment, right? Coming off of being the runner up in the VJ search, 
then being at Vox and then having this friend of mine from my hometown in Canada, Ottawa, this guy, Ben Barry, reach out and say, listen, I've seen what you've been doing with Vox and I want to share it with my aunt. She's a senior agent at the William Morris Agency. It's one of the most powerful talent agencies in the world. And Dang. she represents Whitney Houston. She represents Alicia Keys. I mean, this woman was a titan in Hollywood. So my friend, Ben Barry, is talking about his aunt. Meanwhile, I don't know. I have no idea what William Morris is. I don't know, you know half the people he's referencing, but I do now. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. was, I was very open. And I had a moment where I was just coming off reading this powerful, oh, wow, this book changed my life. It's called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Of course. Book one. Oof. Of course. Wow. Touched me deeply. And I was in so much possibility. And so when Ben mentioned this possibility, I was open. And I said, okay, what do you need? And he said, well, if you can put together a reel of what you've done, whether it's the VJ search or Vox, I'll send it over to her. So I put together a reel. I worked my ass off with an editor. I learned how to edit in the process and put together a reel, sent it to him. He sent it to his aunt. She was you know, very busy with Whitney Houston and all the other people she was representing. So she didn't get around to it for months. But guess what? Ben kept checking on, kept asking, hey, auntie, have you listened or watched this reel with this guy? Awesome. Yeah, bless his heart. He, he, oh, he was such a follow through champion. And I feel like that's really the game. <laughs> In life, it is and, the game, no matter what you're doing. It's yeah. no matter if it's for you or for somebody else. That kid needs a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, I want to send it to him ASAP now that I'm thinking something. about it. Yeah, Some chocolate, something. Yep, he's another one of those angels. You know, I, I look for these yeah. angels that come in and, you know, they really have a certain quality. Like it's an energy, right? Like every yes. person that's made a big difference with me, they've come in with seemingly no agenda. And the only agenda is, you know what? Let's. Let's jam. Let's figure out how we can build with each other. Like that to me is the attitude of everybody I'm referencing right now. Like Ben Barry, like that guy, man, what a champ. So yeah, big high five to Ben, hopefully listening to this, feeling acknowledged because he, uh, he went on to write best-selling books and successful mm. company that disrupted fashion and broke through diversity in fashion years before all this stuff was going on this past couple of years. I need to so, speak to him too. Yeah, he's a pioneer. He's a pioneer. And, and he saw it. He was the one. He saw it in me before I saw it in me, you know? And, and he was young, too. Like, that's the thing. Age ain't nothing but a number is what Aaliyah said. And right. he was young, and he was blazing trails. So shout out to Ben all the people that shout make that Shout out to Ben and Aaliyah. Mm, Aaliyah was an angel. I remember we, we did a music video after she passed, and they asked me to do a cameo in it. And, Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting because I never even got a chance to meet Aaliyah. We mm. had passed, you know, ships passing in the night kind of thing. And then, you know, she passed. And apparently, you know, she she was some, somebody that was a fan of mine. And so her family, I guess, asked me to come on, on that basis. So there I am on the set feeling really inadequate to be there. I was like, I've never even really hung out with Aaliyah, but there I was. So, I mean, DMX came in. Swiss wow. beat, you know, it was everybody. And we all had this moment. It was like this somber moment. I remember it. that was probably one of my first experiences where I experienced collective sadness yeah. to the degree that we're experiencing some of that now. Like we're looking at how many people have died of COVID-19 in America, right? There was like mm -hmm. this, this pervasive sadness. I'm like, 
God, we are in the midst of a genocide against black people. That's right in front of our eyes. You know, we have these (laughs) iPhones. Now we can see it. Like it's been there. there. Emmett Till. I mean, it goes on and on and on. On and on and on. I mean, it's something I don't want to talk about anymore. I don't want to talk about it, but we got to. We got to keep leaning in or we're going to no, lean no, out. No, we cannot stop. We cannot stop. Too many folks actually don't believe that this is a problem. Smart people. Yeah. It's a cognitive Are, dissonance. It's cognitive dissonance. It's, it's disinformation. It's misinformation. And oh, we're so off topic, but just one thing I want to say. Yeah. It's a whole slew of folks who have either been abandoned or abused at some point in their life, and they are finding a familiar resonant zone with the current Cheeto president. That's what's happening. It's wild. It's wild. End of rant. You know what? Yeah. And and listen, I mean, we talk about politics, but you know, it's not even politics anymore. It's human rights. It's a human rights violation. And what you said on your Instagram, um, human rights are not partisan. partisan. Yep. You know, Damn I'm, I'm guys. Like, moved. I'm moved to tears when I see Jacob Blake happen. Oh God. Know, I hear about Breonna Taylor. I mean, this is inhumane. Still no arrest. Still no, just money. No arrest. No just arrest. money. Just money. money. So dirty. Yeah. It's dirty money. Until we <sighs> get the arrest, it's dirty money. It's like this symbolic of performative allyship at its, at its highest level. Yep. I call it what it is. I mean, listen, like, I think some people get so backed up in conversations like this that they're not even willing. Like, the thing is to admit to the level of blind spot that we've all been living in. I mean, I say all because I'm half white as well. I'm half black and I'm half white. And I've been in some very privileged lanes in life. And I still am to this day. And I'm looking around, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I see no indication of any racism in my atmosphere, but I'm seeing my brothers and sisters now on a whole nother level. I mean, listen, we didn't have the film that we have on George Floyd getting killed like that. On any, I mean, Rodney King, yes, we could look at a couple different, I mean, Ahmaud Arbery, I thought was it. I thought it can't get any worse than this. But goddamn, when I saw George Floyd, I was like, mm. oh, no, no, no. I mean, this man's crying for his mother for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Oh, my God. When I saw that, I said, this is it. This is it. If this ain't the tipping point, I don't know what the fuck is. Anyone alive who sees that and says that that is okay has suffered from abuse. Probably. Probably. Yep. Hurt people, hurt people. And people who have not been exposed to the type of situations that black people have been exposed to will, of course, not really, truly get it. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, listen, a lot can happen with the imagination. (laughs) A lot can happen. But when it's a visceral experience, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine. He got gunpoint from police officers at eight years old. He didn't have anything on him that would warrant that sort of hostility, but he got it from those cops when he was eight years old. A tiny boy. Yep. 
Yeah, it's traumatic. It's deeply traumatic. I had an incident in my high school, and I don't talk about this a lot. And this actually didn't really get registered as trauma until last year during my divorce and everything was blown up. I was in therapy every damn day. And I uncovered this beauty, which was a moment in a lunchroom cafeteria. It was lunch hour at high school. I was sitting there with my predominantly brown and black friends. And we were doing what we always do at lunchtime. We we're catching up about what happened that morning. I had an assignment that I was a little late on, so I was getting some last minute work done on it as everyone was recounting their mornings and talking whatever. We were talking kind of barbershop style. And then my friend Timmy, amazing human being, kind, Haitian brother, sat right in front of me and shared about this Asian kid that he had seen earlier in the day across the hallway as he was taking his books out of his locker. He looks up and he sees this Asian kid and the Asian kid's looking at him crazy. And the Asian kid says, what are you looking at, right? Aggressive. And Terry looks at him like, yo, you're looking at me. I'm, I'm just taking my books out of my locker. The Asian kid goes, oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's up, right? So Terry's now in this lunch room setting with us and telling us about what happened earlier in the day. And then this kid, comes up to our table. Like the timing was almost like a fucking movie. The kid wow. comes up like right on cue as Terry's finishing his story about earlier in the day, the kid. And the last words that were said were, we'll see what's up. Yep, we'll see what's okay. up. So then this kid is standing above our table with a trench coat on, a black trench coat on, I'll never forget it. No. And before I knew it, before I knew it, he pulled out a machete. No. And he stabbed Terry in the neck. <sighs> what? what? And thank God Terry didn't die. He didn't die. But it was so fucked up. It was so what? fucked up. The whole lunchroom went crazy. and We all started scrambling. And uh, Terry was bleeding on the floor. Oh. We didn't know what was happening. Whether he was going to make it. It was really fucked up. So that's the type of shit that we're trying to solve. We're trying to solve for that with Ally now and these conversations that we're having because it breaks my heart when I see Brianna Taylor not get justice, Jacob Blake, Elijah McClain, George Floyd. The list goes on and on and on. And we lived, we lived, we lived, right? We, did, we, didn't, we didn't go that route, you know? And, and yet now we've got, as my therapist last year refers to my complex childhood trauma, I'm like, okay, well, to me, that's a spiritual assignment. And so yeah. I see it in a spiritual lens too. I see this as our dark night of the soul. And we're getting to reckon with all of it. We're facing off with all of it. It's a massive yep. reckoning. Yep, it is. I call it the great awakening. Yes. Yeah. Seriously, let us pray, honestly. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, how to anyone, how, honestly, though, no, honestly, how anyone could deny the truth of that. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. There's people that are still looking up George Floyd's background and wondering what he had in his system. Listen, 
it is genocide to not give people the benefit of the doubt, to not allow for due process, to put a knee on a man's neck when he was no threat. It's just not okay. It's not okay, not on my watch. And I know not on your watch. No, no. It's amazing, you know, it's amazing that the level of compassion that some people have, you know, I, I don't want to harp on folks that aren't showing up with their whole heart, but I do want to celebrate the people that are showing up and like, God, oh, man, this Ally Now community blows me away because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot to carry sometimes, you know, and I, I was starting to really carry more than my share and, and really feel like my back was breaking and I didn't have it in the tank. And then I'm on the phone with somebody on the Ally Now team and they sensed it. They sensed it. They were like, oh, he's taking the sword. Mm. Why am I so emotional today? God damn. Oh, fuck. It's cute. It's beautiful. It's important. You're being heard. And it's time for it's time for all of us to hear what this is and what oh, it feels like. It's it's a uh, it's a lot. I mean, it, it's something that does feel like it's way bigger than me. So at this point, I'm surrendered to it. I'm, I'm a steward of it. And I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Like that's the whole context that I come from with it. And so I'm just clear that I'm, I'm here to serve and whatever that looks like I'm showing up. But, you know, sometimes there's moments where, it's, you know, it's a, it's a steep learning curve. Yes, and it's sir. really like a landmine field at times because people's emotions are so on the table and it yes. really distorts reality sometimes. I know sometimes when I get upset, I do not hear what is being said. I just don't. Right. You know, so it's like this bridging that gap, you know, and constantly being the bridge. It's sometimes very intense. And I, you know, I think I think everyone who's been on my Instagram, who's been sharing and, and affirming these thoughts that I'm having about this. And like, I mean, I just saw a post that I made yesterday. It was shared out over 50,000 people have seen this thing overnight. And I'm like, OK. Wow, just when I didn't have it in the tank. I mean, I was literally on my breaking point with this. I was like, people are just not starting to really care anymore. You know, yeah. we're at the moment yeah. where, oh, it's not a trend anymore. The media isn't picking it up. Like, yeah, that's we right. were. That's right. Breonna Taylor still doesn't have justice, and we're still getting killed out in these streets. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't thank you enough for for bringing all of this to the forefront. Again, I think it's of the utmost importance that we continue to talk about it so that it doesn't get lost. Thank you. Thank you for being such an amazing listener and holding all of this, because this was a lot. This was a lot. But we still haven't even gotten to step two and breakthrough, homie. Oh, God. God, thank God you're keeping track of this, because I'm going off in tangents here. You can just- No, but we, we, we both did. Who cares? <laughs> we both did. What's important is that the things got said. <laughs> That's Oof, the key. Goodness. Yes, yes. And it's beautiful to just be in the jazz. Like, I love just right. being in the jazz in this. So, so, okay, step two, though, is like, and very appropriate in the sense that we just covered the ground that we did, because actually, in this whole journey, I've gone from having one identity to another. I have a different identity. I identified as this TV host who wasn't particularly political or impactful in the social space. I had a lot of friends who were very impactful people who I would support and show up to for events and such. We have these gatherings and I'd hear about their 
amazing activism and always mm -hmm. think, God, you know, if I was only smarter, <laughs> if I was only more courageous, if I was only more whatever, dot, 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 right, fill in the blank. And so there I was adjacent to activism. And then all of a sudden it's in my heart, you know? So I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of the women who organized the Women's March. These are, these are friends in this community that I'm in. It's such a privilege to be shoulder to shoulder with these people and learn from them. And now it's like, oh, tag, I'm it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My identity need, needed to catch up. It needed an update. Mm. And so there it is. Step two is identity and really shifting an identity if necessary. So if maybe there's something disrupted in your business because of COVID-19 and now your business isn't what it used to be for whatever reason, right? And now it's a moment to either identify as that and let it tear you in agony for however many months you need to get back on your feet or start now, start right now and say, you know what? Hmm. I was actually thinking about starting my own business anyway, right? Because most people, right. we have ideas, you know, we might be sitting in some cubicle for too long, but we have ideas and, oh, maybe after this cubicle, I'll go somewhere, do something else. Well, tag, you're it. That's it now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we do that? We get to shift our identity. Right. So that's step two. So taking inventory, shifting your identity, step three. Step three is now with that new identity is a whole new platform. It's a whole new place to come from, point of view. So with that, what's the intention now? What's the goal? Yeah, right. What's the where, new summit? Where do you want to take it? I got yeah. it. Yeah, I'm getting all my Tony Robbins stuff over here. It's really getting, getting passionate over here. I'm, like, I'm excited because I feel like step As four is, is, I mean, it really is where the rubber meets the road and where mm -hmm. all that, you know, all that self-development becomes beyond the self and actually impacts another, right? Where that intention intersects with step four is in the giving, is in really being committed to making a difference and making an impact And that's step four. So we got inventory, identity, intention, and finally, thank God, impact. Wow, it's perfect. It's very simple, you know? It's very simple. It has to be simple though. It has to be simple for, for people to have a complex structure, they'll never finish the program. If they have a simple structure, they can find their own, you know, voice in it. That's it. That's exactly it's it. Good, it's like a good poem. <laughs> it is. It's, you know, it's all in the, the crafting of, of almost a rhythm, right? Like I think about it like a song and how with all the great songs, you know, we need to build, we need to build. We can't just come in on the climax. I mean, we can talk about impact, but if we haven't cleared out, cleaned up what we need to clean mm -hmm. up the inventory process. We're not going to be ready to make the impact we can make if we did that work. That's right. That's right. It's beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's an honor hearing it from you. You're quite the curriculum designer yourself, aren't you? <laughs> I live for designing curricula. Oh my God. My simplified course is like my favorite thing ever. And when you said it's a mixtape of all the influences, I was like, oh damn, that's genius. Exactly. I, I'm just picturing myself like 10, 12, 13 years old in front of the boom box with two cassettes, you know, <laughs> just sitting there with all of my focus, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Oh, that was it back in the day. I mean, making a mixtape, oh, it was my greatest joy. I remember I was not a good basketball player, but I would make a great mixtape for our warm up before the game every time. That's right. That's right. 
And then, you know what, I, I took it a step further and I would go to magazines and I would pull out really pretty magazine pictures and then I would cut the magazine picture in the shape of the cassette paper insert. So the cover would be something radical. Yep. I love like it. Collage. That's so great. Oh my God. Yes. I was out of control. Oh, the nostalgia. Oh my God. I mean, I, I really am about to write this memoir after many years to. Much to do it and these stories like the beginning of of total request live over there for me and like all of it was so crazy and like sometimes i'll, I'll be sharing these stories with like my, my friend john um i don't want to drop names he's a very great director and john was like dude this is it he's like yeah th these are the scenes th these scenes get to be told and shared and so anyway i'm excited because no I'm absolutely you need to, you need to i'm already seeing the film i'm already sitting in the seat watching the film oh well to your to your credit i mean it's things like yoga that honestly have cleared the path for me to be able to have yeah. even these thoughts like they're new thoughts because my system is in a different place i don't i don't know how many yoga classes you're giving now I mean, yeah, i know you, you do a lot beyond yoga but god when i think about you and yoga and like the way you deliver it it's such a mm -hmm. beautiful way of setting the table you know to, to layer in philosophy that really helps frame up life in a powerful way i was like wow this is a thoughtful woman this is a thoughtful yoga teacher and it's like not preachy you know you just kind of you lay the idea out and say yeah sit with that you know be with that you know what i mean that was my sense of you is that is that something that is 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 it consistent for you? Absolutely. I am setting the table. I put the food out. People can eat or not. You want to put Amazing. some salt and pepper on it? Rock it. You, want, yeah. you like ketchup? You like yellow mustard or Dijon mustard? Put it on. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? She brought it back, baby. Yep, I love it. That's it. <laughs> Maybe you like mayo better. There's so much ownership in that experience right giving people space it's like oh they can fill the space with who they are without having to edit or wonder whether this is the right or wrong way to do it it's just it is it's a good poem again it's a good poem where it's so personal that yep. it's universal oof that's it mm. wow this was this was poetic i love this oh my god i'm so grateful for you you're the best um okay i think we hit all the points that i really wanted to hit Mm. Oh, um, the way I got in the door at MTV, though. Gosh. Yes, that's please, please fill us in. Yes. <laughs> the grand that's finale. So there I was in New York City after the aunt of my friend Ben Barry got the notion to finally watch this DVD that had basically been a coaster on her desk <laughs> waiting to be watched for months. I mean, it was like six months. Finally, she watches it and she calls Ben right away. She's like, next time. He's in New York. I want him to meet with one of the junior agents over there, right? Like fresh out of the mailroom internship, like the first rung of agents. So right. I'm like, okay, sounds great. Whatever, it sounds great. So I happened to be in New York City on a modeling gig. So I was doing some modeling back in the day. I was a DJ, but I was also this model. And so there I was in New York. And sure enough, it was the moment. It was the moment. Tag, I was it. I was walking in the William Morris Agency in Midtown, New York, oof, and it was a moment. I remember looking around the lobby and like, oh, do you know those midtown buildings in New York that are just so like glorious. Madison Avenue or something? Oh yeah, right, right, yeah, Sixth Ave, Sixth Ave, and and like 
48th Street, I want to say. Yeah. It's yep. massive lobby. It looked like a scene from a freaking Quentin Tarantino movie. Or, or better, it was like a freaking Peter Jackson movie. Whatever. Gorgeous. I walked through it's the lobby. Across, it's across from Rockefeller Center. I'm right there. Exactly. Yeah, yep. So yep. there I am. I'm going up the elevator. I walk into his office. This guy, Kenny Goodman, he's such a New Yorker. He's got so much swagger. He's this junior hotshot agent, right? He's like so much swag. And so we sit down, we talk, we have a great time. It's five minutes into the conversation and he goes, you know, you're perfect for MTV. I'm going to get you in there before you leave town. I'm going to get you in there. He gets on the phone right away, right in the office. As I'm in the meeting, he gets on the phone, calls this guy, Scott Venner, who's over at MTV in the talent development department, says, you've got to meet this kid. He's from Canada. He's only in town for another day and a half. You've got to see him tomorrow. So he goes, okay, all right. Okay, so the next day I get into this guy's office at MTV. As I'm walking through the hallways of MTV, it's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. I mean, it's, it's like this dim club lighting. There's all these cool storytelling producers and writers. And, you know, it was like the hub of pop culture at the time. To be on Total Request Live was like the holy grail of being an artist. Yeah. I remember that. This is two that this is early two thousand, no? Yeah, yeah. It was two thousand one when I got in the door and there I am in the office of this talent development guy named Scott Venner, who's gone on to do so many cool things. Music supervisor for Entourage on HBO. So when you hear those amazing songs, that's Scott Venner, right? So Scott's wow. got great taste. <laughs> this is a little nudge to what he ended up doing with this meeting but so i'm sitting there with scott and scott is a poker player who actually has a poker face in real life so he's sitting there i have no idea how i'm doing in this meeting i i think i'm tanking because my internal conversation is so insecure i'm not really sure i'm doing but you know what i'll be excited that's what i know to do i'll get enthusiastic about the things i'm excited about and i'll talk about that and at least i'll be representative of what I really care about. And then I could walk away feeling like I didn't completely train wreck that opportunity because I was myself. Of course. So I did that. And at one point, Scott looks at me, he's still deadpan, looks at me and he goes, so why do you want to be a VJ on MTV? And I looked at him and I swear this is what I said. I go, well, cause I love music and I can't sing like Maxwell. So this is the next best thing. Dang. <laughs> He, so sweet, so earnest. <laughs> so so earnest. earnest. Oh my God. Do you remember Maxwell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Maxwell, D'Angelo, can't sing like those guys, but uh, I can talk. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a moment, right? Listening to that kind of music. My God. So anyway, so there I am just being real, just being really real, letting my excitement be nerdy as it wanted to be. And my arms were flailing around. You know, when you get so excited, you're like, yo, I'm freaking bop, bop, bop. You know, it's all yes, of that. Yes. So it was like the height of joy. You know, I was like, joy boy. Talk about boy. That joy boy was definitely on fuego that day. Mm. But hey, I didn't, know, I didn't see myself the way that others saw me at the time. I, I didn't think I was good enough no matter what I did. So coming away from the meeting, oh my God, I thought I tanked. So I went back to Canada with my tail between my legs, so I thought. And then the next day, right, I'm back to work at Vox, 
and I'm, I'm doing my thing and we film a segment and then I come back home and I'll never forget it. I'm in my bedroom, the phone goes off and it's Kenny Goodman in New York City. And he goes, hey, <laughs> they weren't even looking for a VJ. They weren't, they were just not even interested in really making much of your meeting other than the video of you that went around the building and now the whole executive team is on board with hiring you as a VJ. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> I literally had a lack oh uh, words and I was speechless. And I, I mean, it was the moment that changed my life. Of and course. I remember things were never the same. I went to uh, do this beach house in Key West, Florida, where I had a really wild ride, which I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't know how long we got here, but it's like definitely a very crazy chapter in the book that I'm writing right now uh, about just how, oh, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but. Wait, 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 hold. <laughs> I definitely saw episodes of you doing that show. Oh yeah, yeah, TRL. Do you know why? Because yeah. I remember that was a time in my life when I was smoking a lot of dope mm. and I would watch what kind of dope? marijuana. I was like completely addicted to marijuana every single day of my life until six years people. ago. It's the best. But, oh my God, did I have so much fun. And I watched a, a lot, let's say an FT of <laughs> that beach house show. I don't even know why it was like the, it was like watching I, I don't even know what I was doing. Like, I just remember, I now remember that I saw your face there. Wow. Okay. Do you remember what your thoughts were? I can't remember my thoughts. I know I, I was stoned out of my mind and I know I used to watch that show with some frequency, but it's now all coming back to me. Now you said beach house and all of a sudden I'm seeing all those kids, yep. you know, it's like <laughs> talk about pre COVID, like all those kids. Well, we a good time oh my god sure. we were all half naked all the time and all had time. everything we had everything we wanted and needed music we had beer we had tea. we had beach we had oh it was glory it was glory mm. such a moment in history but you know i was insecure as fuck, and that's yes. really why you know that's why i've dedicated my life to coaching because that is a bridge for people who you know, really need some support. We all do at times. I needed That's some support right. that That's particular right. summer and thank God I got it, you know? And so, yeah, of course, of course, I'm excited for the breakthrough program and getting mm -hmm. back into the coaching and mm -hmm. uh, having this podcast come out that we've been working on with this journey of allyship and all the conversations we've recorded. So it's going to be a social experiment really in actually being able to listen into the making of a movement. So it's really been a journey of uh, lots of learning and lots of big, 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 big learning curves. Um, and to take people along for the journey is, is really been something else. It's been really powerful. So I'm really great. I'm glad. I'm so glad we could talk and talk about all of this and unpack it and I can cry and just, oh, you're a blessing. You're a blessing. So are you. I want to just say one thing that if you, my listener listening, Please make sure that you look at and follow if you choose Ally Now on Instagram, because the information that's coming through Q at this time is not going to be accusatory, nor will it be preachy. 
it will just be from the heart what could be a really good way to approach this very needful moment in our history with care and also with precision and with grace. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been an honor. Thank you. It's, it's, really, uh, thank you so it's much. Blessing. You're a blessing. And, and the listener, I love how you've been referring to the list the listener. Thank you. And yes. I would, I would love to build more bridges with you too. For sure. There's no question. Anytime. If I could be on your podcast, I don't know if that would be appropriate, but boy, mm -hmm. I would love to talk more. I love Ooh, talking. You're, to you. you're any, I can't wait. Can't wait. Anytime you want to talk offline privately, you want to unpack something or hash something out. I'm really good for that. I'm a vault. And I do it for mm. lots of my friends and I'm happy to do it. It's, I do it while I'm painting and it's my favorite form of procrastination. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll take you up on that. But then we need to see how the painting turns out. I mean, yes. that, you know, I don't want to be held responsible for that. <laughs> no, no, no. I got you. <laughs> Love you so much, dude. Too. Love you. And we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Bye, honey. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.